It's episode 12, Rach. Of Do You Follow? Our next episode's going to be our bat mitzvah. Oh my god, it is. We're turning into teens. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> this is the A side of episode 12. So if you tuned in last week, you know that we split the ep into two parts. The A side is where we do all the questions, talk tactics, get down and dirty with your social media and marketing questions. The B side's where we let loose a little bit. Have some fun. Juliet was like, which side do you want to do first? And I was like, definitely the A side so that we can like relax. Mm -hmm. um, Do the hardest thing on your to-do list first. First, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On the B side. Um, I'm Rachel Jo Silver. That is... Juliet Dallaspini. This is like the first time we're saying our full name. I know. Oh, well, I was well, trying to say my Instagram. Okay, I'm sorry. at Rachel Joseph. That's at J. Delphine. Because I t- usually go first. It's Friday. We're tired. <laughs> we have really good... I mean, the phone of friends have been amazing. I know. I, I'm not like, you know, um, not to get emo on the pod, but mm-hmm. like, it's really cool. I, I mean, I... Um, I'm, like, proud of us that people really feel that we're providing value. I'm not surprised because we're so smart, but, I mean, <laughs> it's really cool. Like, thank you guys for I know. listening and for trusting us, and um, thank you all for the audio feedback. Um, yes. We're sorry. We're really working I on know. it. Do you want to tell – okay, really quickly, because this is the A-side, but, like, I feel like the A-side listeners are, like, the more critical listeners. Yeah. So, like, tell them what's going on. We're not ignoring your feedback. Okay, so the problem is we got two fancy new mics that are Blue Yeti mics. Awesome some USB mics. The problem is MacBooks, I think all computers are just recognizing them as one microphone because they're the same exact mic. So what we have to do is like send it back to Blue Yeti. They're going to reconfigure the firmware. Mm -hmm. We're going to be in good shape soon, but please just bear with us while we talk on this one pretty mic. We consulted with a podcast. Podcast producer. Thanks, Albert Klein. Yeah, Albert Klein. From my grade school. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we're, we're getting there. Uh, so thanks for your patience, y'all. Um, okay. So should we get into the question this week? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So this is from someone who emailed us and it's been really cool because we've been getting a lot of phone of friends that aren't from our friends and people are actually strangers. These are strange phone of friends. Yeah. New phone, new friends, new new friends, new phones. Yes. So um, this person emailed us, and you can email us your questions, too, at doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com. So I'm going to read through this. This person works for a medium-sized company that sells a commodity good, which is socks. We've been incredibly successful on the specialty retail side of things, but have recently made a push for e-com and direct-to-consumer side of the business. We run a very lean team for our business that is successful as ours. Marketing is three people, marketing director, very talented graphic designer, and myself, a motivated marketing coordinator with an informal background in brand development. Because we run a very lean team, we utilize several marketing partners. This is where my question lies. Have you all worked with marketing partners for social in your time at Birchbox or otherwise? Could you share some tips and best practices to make sure that marketing dollars are spent efficiently with an agency? We found some limited success, but nothing that blows us away in terms of ROI or creative. I'd rather put our money into another rock star marketing employee that knows social media, but I don't see that on the horizon. We run into this with our creative agency as well. A lot of times we're finding that we're coming up with successful ideas after they presented us with ideas that do not. What do we need to do to make these relationships work more smoothly? 
I think this is a really good question. Me too. Um, ditch the creative agency. You do not need them. I know. Um, I completely agree with that. In general, I have to say, I am usually like anti-agency unless I actually need it for a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. So PR agencies <clears throat> you usually need until you can afford to get an in-house PR person. And even mm-hmm. when you can, they usually need agency support because PR is so um, specialized, like yeah. business PR, consumer PR, uh, celebrity, you know, PR. So PR and then paid media because it's just complicated and it's moving all the time. Yeah, you have to optimize that and it's very technical. If you have um, a great graphic designer, like artistic person, you don't need a creative agency. And if you have a background in brand development also, that's just a waste of money right now for you guys. A thousand percent. Um, And even if getting rid of the creative agency can't get you uh, a full-time social person, like at least use that money more wisely Mm -hmm. um, or use that money towards a paid agency who can like do paid social for you because you can do organic social. I promise you it's really not that hard. Like um, first of all, you're doing a direct to consumer one item. So look at Casper, look at Glossier, look at Warby, look at who are the other direct to consumers right now that we think are like doing a good job. They all have a Mm. blueprint. They all do the exact same thing. Um, Everlane's another one. Everlane, Lola. Mm -hmm. And these are all people we really respect, but like there's a blueprint for what they do, you know, and like you can do it too. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't need a creative agency. Um, I think that socks are like actually something that people are really passionate about. Like mm-hmm. people, Bombas. Um, I'm assuming you're not Bombas because we know a lot of people in Bombas. <laughs> um, copy Bombas. Like there's like blueprints out there for what you're doing. So mm-hmm. people, you know, put cards in the boxes, ask people to share pictures of the socks and ask them to share pictures yeah. when they're out doing activities where they're using the socks, mm-hmm. regram those images. Um, you can use the money you're saving from a creative agency to do like some um, shoots, you know, use yeah. the same photos on your product pages that you use on mm-hmm. social media. Um, there's a lot of efficiencies that like yeah. you can get. You could also think about like, this is something that I did at MGemmy. So we didn't have in-house photography and the the photography that we outsourced was really shoots for like this site and e-commerce. So there wasn't like an opportunity to really get a lot of like social photography. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would often like work with influencers who would give us that content in exchange for product. And can I say something really quickly? Because I was listening back to our old podcast. I want to put a caveat you um, need to pay big influencers who deserve mm-hmm. to be paid. I yep. don't want anyone to get the impression that Juliet and I are advocating that influencers should do things for free because mm-hmm. they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's their business. But what we all know is there are a lot of influencers who are starting off or their blog is their side hustle and they do just want free sure. stuff. Like, like we are good examples of that. Like, we yeah. don't make our living from our Instagrams, but, mm-hmm. like, we are influencers. And so when people send us free stuff, we're, like, really happy to take pictures of it. Mm-hmm. If someone makes their living from being a blogger and influencer, do not ask them to do things yeah. for free. Mm-hmm. Um, no one gave us that feedback, but I was just like listening back and I wanted to make sure we didn't like give yeah. that impression. Right. But um, Or d- don't give it for free unless you have like a longer term idea of what that relationship is going to look like. Yeah, like, exactly. Like it could mean like you pay them a fee because they have, you know, gotten you X amount of followers. Right. Like you have to think about the long term A commission or if you're exactly. co- if you have like an equal amount of social followers and you're co-promoting. But mm-hmm. Um, Another thing too, so like sending your product to an influencer, either like giving them a flat fee for a post or finding people on Instagram who aren't, you know, maybe they have 2000 followers, but they're mm -hmm. trying to be a photographer and build Mm -hmm. that like side hustle and paying Mm -hmm. them 
you know, a, a fee for iPhone pictures that you can just have like a ton of. Yeah, that's exactly and right. They it's don't still post cheaper. on their Instagram, but they give you that content. Right. Um, Paying influencers is, you know, you get a better return on investment than like a big agency too. So sure. um, you yeah. probably don't need a creative agency. You might need a consultant for paid social because mm-hmm. like there are a lot of nuances. If you, another thing that Juliet and I were talking about when we read your question is, you might be rolling your eyes and being like, Rachel, Juliet, you guys are saying social is easy, but it's not. I don't know how to do it. Fair. So hire a consultant to come and do like a master mm-hmm. class. We hire Alyssa or we'll recommend yes. someone else to you. A-R-B-R-O is her Instagram handle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, have someone come in, do a master class with you, teach the team what to do, you know, and keep that consultant on as like someone that you can email and call when you have questions. Or like, I promise you can do it. Like just the fact that you're emailing us and listening to this podcast means like you have the hustle and like the drive mm-hmm. and like you can figure this out. Yeah. Um, and we're here to help you too. But, yeah. uh, so I think the answer is like agencies are always the worst solution, but sometimes you need them, mm-hmm. but like you probably don't need a creative agency. Um, yeah. And if you're coming up with good ideas after they're presenting you with ideas that aren't good, then it's time to like think about a different mm-hmm. version of what that relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Because that's just a waste of time and money. I know. At that point. <laughs> I'm laughing because that that conversation could have applied to like so many other relationships. Um, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> we just need some time apart. Um, yeah. Also, the other thing I'm going to say, they're not in the weeds with you every single yeah, day yeah. knowing the ins and outs of yeah. your business. Even if they say they are and they mm-hmm. like will be and you can you know call them at any hour of the mm-hmm. day, they're not actually, you know, it requires extra communication to have an agency on hand. Mm-hmm. So that's like another thing that you have to keep in mind. If your business is set up to like allow for that, then like great. But like there's a lot of like extra communication that will need to happen in order to have the relationship be successful. Another thing, two more ideas for you. So one is instead of doing one-off things with influencers, like if you're a sock company, like I don't know what company you are. So I don't know if you're more like a happy socks type or like a Bomba's like sporty socks type but like say you're sporty like find like a a sports influencer who also has a big social like what's sam robert's sister's name who does that cute like running instagram i'll put her in the show notes i can't think of it my friend sam roberts her her sister was like on the cover of women's health um run sweat selfie run repeat i think it's called um google that while we're selfie run repeat anyways like hire someone like that to be like a brand ambassador give them free socks pay them a small fee they all create tons of content for you you can reuse the content and they can also consult for you on like what to do on your own social which they know because they're oh yeah run selfie repeat um yeah she's like really yeah she's really cool um and then another idea is... And her handle's Kelly K. Roberts. Ke- at Kelly K. Roberts. Kelly, Kelly K. K. Roberts. Oh, my God. Oh, Kelly K. K. Roberts. <laughs> um, so someone like that... Um, or, you know, if you're working with a publisher who does, like, great branded content, like, we do this at Love Stories TV. Like, someone will come to us, they'll do a media buy with us, mm-hmm. but we'll also give them advice on, like, how to leverage the content on For their sure. own channels. Yeah. And it's, like, an added value that we provide. So, one, um, you should do a paid partnership with Love Stories TV, but if we are not your demo, because you maybe you're, like, if you're groomsman socks, call us. Yes. If you're sporty socks, like let's talk still, but like it might, (laughs) I get it, but find like a publisher that does like, um, 
you know, men's, like, um, mm-hmm. our friend Martin does, like, men's branded content, like, mm-hmm. at Conde Nast. And, like, if you hire them to do branded content for you, like, they're also going to provide, like, ideas and expertise yeah. for what to do, like, on your own channels because they want it to be, like, a 360 experience. So you can get that, like, expert agency advice sometimes, mm-hmm. like, without having an agency. So those are, like, yeah. two ideas. I agree with that. Cool. Um, okay. Next. <laughs> Okay, our second question this week on the A side is actually not really a tactical work-related question, but Rachel and I wanted to answer it because we haven't really talked in depth about it on the pod yet. So this was from someone who um, sent both of us an Instagram DM, and she said that she doesn't work in social specifically, but in SEO. So um, our podcast has been really great for her to learn social, and she binge-watched our episodes, and that's really great, too. Um, She said, I wanted to ask you how you got involved with companies like Birchbox and beyond. I currently work in an agency, but really want to get involved with some kind of startup or cool brands that I love, unlike pest control, which I'm doing now. So my question is, how did you get your foot in the door? Such a great question. I know. Um, Let's just say what we did. Okay. That's the question, right? Yeah. Okay. So, well, but it's true. I have like a really roundabout way that I ended up doing what I'm doing. So I studied international affairs in undergrad, and then I got my master's in international affairs, conflict resolution, and civil society development. This is one of my favorite things about you. Thank you. (laughs) So unrelated. I was writing um, like essays in French. I was in... (laughs) in Paris writing essays in French about the Israeli-Palestinian situation. That's so cool. So random. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I moved to New York, interviewed at like two nonprofits, and I was like, oh, I really don't want to work at a nonprofit Mm -hmm. because, you know, personally for me, I felt like it was just like harder to get things done and... Um, it's just hard and I believe in like what a lot of those organizations are doing, but I was like, it's not for me. It's too hard. Uh And so my best friend Katie told me to look for a job on media bistro. Um, I was like such a media bistro stand back in the day. Yeah, totally. So I, um, got an interview at a place called Howcast Media, which you should check out if you don't know them. They have the biggest how-to channel on YouTube. Um, and my mom bought me a J. Crew pantsuit, even though Katie told me not to wear a pantsuit to the interview. And I wore a pantsuit and a scarf um, tied around my neck, like a, oh my God, like I a French it. scarf. And it was like a media startup, and they were doing how-to videos, and it was founded by some of the early... Um, guys who worked on the YouTube acquisition at Google Mm -hmm. and I met Darlene who became my boss and she complimented me on my scarf and she like had loved Paris and hired me and I was the executive assistant slash office manager to the CEO which was the best job anyone could ever have because I got to follow a CEO around for two years and I learned everything such a good Um, tidbit I think for our listeners yeah I want a social media job or I want to like be in this field but that's such a good point you yeah. learned so much more than you probably would have if you were just you a know, thousand percent out. like and I uh, following around the CEO was so much more valuable than being like some kind of coordinator yeah. like reporting into some manager like on like the marketing team or whatever totally. um and then 
he started a nonprofit having to do with digital media and like activism. And so I was running his nonprofit because I, Mm -hmm. of my masters and it was really cool. And I met like all these really important people. I mean, he, uh, Jason, Jason Liebman is the person we'll tag him. He gave me like such incredible opportunities, like totally changed my life. And then, yeah, it was amazing. And then, um, but I didn't want to do nonprofit. So then I just started applying for jobs and Lorelai Orfeo of Birchbox fame lived in my building on Delancey Street (laughs) and Katie Zach kind of knew her roommate from NYU and I asked her to send my resume to Birchbox. I had no beauty experience. Um, I knew digital media, like, Mm -hmm. you know, but not social specifically. Um, I had no idea what Pinterest was. In my interview, they asked me if I knew Pinterest. I said yes. I didn't have an iPhone, so I didn't have Instagram. Oh, my God. And this was when? Like tw- you 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Beginning um, of 2012. Yeah, but I felt, I mean, I was at Birchbox for about 31 seconds, and yeah. I knew it was like a rocket ship, and I just had to like get yeah. on it, and I had to get that job. Totally. I hugged Molly Chen at my interview, oh, which um, we always story. talk about. And I called Justin after, and I was like, well, I either, like, really got the job because we hugged, or, like, I really didn't, and she thinks I'm a freak. <laughs> and then I ended up at Birchbox, and the rest, everybody knows. But, um, Love so I guess it. the, like, short advice is don't be discouraged by the fact that you're not working in social, yeah. and you want to be, and, you know, it's totally okay to get there in a roundabout way, and just, like, attach yourself to good, smart people. That's, like, the number one thing. Like, take the job that's needed, because mm-hmm. if you're adding value at an organization, like, you will rise to the top. Like, don't take the job that sounds the most fun. Take mm-hmm. the job that's, like, doing the thing they need done, and always just raise your hand. I raised my hand to do the nonprofit because they needed it, mm-hmm. even though I didn't really want to do nonprofit, and it was, like, an amazing opportunity. Like, I raised my hand to be Jason's assistant, even though my other friends were, like, coordinators and like associates and like I got such a better opportunity than them in the end so um that's my advice yeah that was long but I love that story I think also it's a good idea that you're you know wanting to get involved with a startup or a cool brand like thinking in that vein versus like this is like totally that I want I think Vanessa said this the other night too she was like I knew that I wanted to be like at a really great and like growing company Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think that's you know that's the mindset to think about like if your job doesn't exist you can kind of like make it up especially if they're small if you have like the drive and the enthusiasm then send like a cold email so many people from Birchbox that's how they got their job Vanessa got her job that way say how you got say your story okay so my story I was um, I went to college in DC at GW and I thought that I was going to be like Christian Amanpour my internships were like at CNN MSNBC Um, I was journalism and women's studies major and minor and um, I really thought like broadcast media like 24-hour news was what I was going to do then I, my first job out of school, I worked in um, a political communications agency, and I was a production assistant, so I was producing election ads. And so crazy. <laughs> I know, it's so crazy. And I really kind of realized I didn't want to do politics as my career path. Like, you have to be 100,000% committed to that. And I was like, this is something I'm interested in, but what I think I really want to do is something more that's, you know, an industry that's innovating and in a space that I personally, like find and love to be like cool and and fascinating and um for me like I think that meant moving to New York and working for a startup 
And so I just talked to a bunch of people and kind of figured out, like, are there opportunities? What can I do? Um, I found this startup called Vital Juice, which doesn't exist anymore. But this is like the era of email newsletters when like Daily Candy was around. Loved our Daily Candy so much. They shared the same investors. Um, and it was a daily email newsletter for women who were into health, wellness, and fitness. And I started as an ad sales coordinator. And I was like, I'm not, I don't have any experience like selling advertising. This is like when I was 23 years old. Full circle, I'm now doing brand partnerships and love stories. So it all came back to me. But I, I knew that I wanted to be at a place where I could learn and just like be on the ground. This was like kind of an innovative and new digital company. Like, they didn't have any kind of like, so I started their Instagram channel and their Pinterest because I was just like, this is something that I'm noticing that is cool. Like, can I start this for you guys? In addition to like doing RFPs for like P&G brands. Being a go-getter is yeah. like something and people laugh about, but it's so real. Yeah. And I just knew, okay, this is, I want to be in this city. I want to be in this field of like digital media. Like I'm just going to soak up all of the opportunities that I can. And during that time, I, like, started to become a Birchbox subscriber. I loved the brand and was, like, kind of thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, and my company, like, shut down. So my job was, was no longer available. I, in this time, reached out to Birchbox for a Birchbox man community manager right. position. <laughs> and I, like, got very early. In, I didn't even interview with Rachel yet, but I got, like, very early in the interviews and then I got another job from actually one of my advertising clients at Vital Juice. It was a like all natural vitamin company mm-hmm. um, and it was just like too early in the interview process. So I took that job with the vitamin company, was there for like not too long. That company closed. So I like was not having much luck with startups. <laughs> but nevertheless she persisted. But nevertheless I persisted. And I like kept in touch with Birchbox throughout that time. I think I actually like pitched an an article for like the blog I that love went that. I know. We had hired Thomas for Birchbox Man. We thought yeah. we should hire a man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that was that was after I got there. So Wait, what? Yeah, I started before Thomas. But why did we... Oh, but maybe that's why with Birchbox Man Community Manager, like, I think all along we were like, we should hire. Yeah. So, okay. So this was like six months after that Birchbox Man Community Manager job. So that vitamin company... Which goes to show I was looking to hire for someone for that job for so long (laughs) until I met Tommy. Oh, I know. So I... um, That job closed, but, like, my friend was like, just come with me to this, like, fashion blogger conference in New York. I didn't have a fashion blog, but I did have a healthy living blog. Yeah, she did. What was it called again? Green? Finish your broccoli. Finish your broccoli. (laughs) I'm tagging that. Um, My Instagram handle used to be finish your brock, and then I changed it to Jade Alphine. I love it. But, um, so I went to this, like, I think it was, like, in international or, like, independent fashion bloggers conference, and, like, um, Katya the CEO of Birchbox was the keynote speaker for it. And I was like, I had just applied to a job there, I think, or maybe like I emailed um, Melissa and bar. She like remembered me because there was the women's community manager position. Got it. So I went to this like um, conference and I like went up to Katya as soon as she was done speaking as like the keynote. I had made up these business cards that said like Julia Dallasfini, digital content creator. I love you so much. (laughs) I'm, like, gazing at her across the mic like I'm in love with her. 
And I like went up to her and shook her hand and was like, I'm going to work for you. Like, I love it. I really love it. Soon. Like, yeah. I just Which is a hard thing to pull off because I just want to give yeah. advice if you're younger listening. 50% of people would say that to you and you'd be freaked out. Yeah. And 50% of people would say it to you and you'd be charmed. Yeah. And it's impossible. You just either have it or you don't. Yeah. You can either pull it off or you can't. I don't know how to tell you which one you are. So just try and see if it works for you. Totally. And I think like I... I loved the concept of Birchbox in general. Like, I've always been beauty obsessed, mm-hmm. like, ever since I was, you know, a teenager because of my mom. Mm-hmm. But I loved that it was, like, started by two women. It was totally, like, innovative and different. They seemed cool. I wanted to be their friend. They were cool. So I, they like, are cool. Yeah, they are cool. <laughs> so, and when I read the job description, I was like, this is everything that I've been wanting to do but haven't been able to, like, articulate. Like, it was a mix of being strategic and like storytelling using like innovative new mediums and um I just loved sort of like the the opportunity that it was about so I went up to her and I like you know I wasn't really fangirling I was like trying to keep that inside but I was just like very confident I was like I'm I just applied for this job like I so respect everything that you've done and like I really believe that I'm gonna like work for you soon and then like a week later it all kind of just fell into place and um here I am can I tell the story about your <laughs> reference or are you yes. sick of hearing no, it I love it so I met Juliet I loved her um I don't remember anyone else that I met for that job I mean it was a long time ago but I remember meeting you yeah. I don't know and yeah. and um I called your reference whoever it was and they said um I really cry when I say this Aww. they said um you have to hire Juliet Juliet is sunshine Aww. and I was like that's what we want <laughs> like you know and it's true because I think that like um, the hardest part of work isn't the work. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of work is like learning how to work with people and getting, um, you know, in order to like get things done, people have to respect you and think you're smart and like like you and want to help you. And yeah. so it's like so important. And um, you are like such a sunshiny Aww. person. And I always like tell people that because that's what you want. Like that's you can tell the difference between a reference where someone's like, yes, they were a good employee, sure. and someone who's like, yeah. I would hire them fifty times mm-hmm. over. You know, they made my life better. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think hopefully this is helpful. I yeah. like to hear stories of how oh, people like got their jobs. And Rachel remembers what I wore. To oh my yeah, she had a red Rebecca Minkoff purse, um, and I just thought it was like and, and something leopard. Also, I was wearing a leopard dress, like yeah. full leopard dress. Yeah. Um, pretty I loved bold it. move for my interview, but I was like, and I was wearing like all my Birchbox samples at once. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. I love it so much. And uh, it was such like an amazing experience to be there, like. Rachel's been the most amazing manager, and I'm so happy that oh, I get to work you're with her again. Me, I can't cry on the A side; the B <laughs> sides are crying. But seriously, like working there made me realize it's so valuable to find people who will kind of like empower you, that you can learn from, mm-hmm. who you know are not just there to be your like coworkers; they're like your lifelong like mentors and friends. And I mm-hmm. think that made me a better employee and also like since leaving Birchbox and working at you know a really big company like Theory and a startup that was like a little bit more um like established like I'm Jemmy like I I just think the like the investment in the people and really like that is something that's really people important. are everything yeah. yeah people are everything. and it's not for everyone like some people you know that doesn't matter as much and I think it's also like maybe a life stage thing like yeah 
it doesn't matter to me if my work and life kind of like intermingle. I actually like think that I'm better in both areas when that happens. Yeah. But but yeah. So So good luck. We're excited to hear. Let us know, you know, how things go. But yeah, I think like, again, I would contact those startups and cool brands. Yes. Outreach. Like. Instagram DM, um, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. It's mm-hmm. like the most underutilized medium. Like everybody checks their Instagram DMs, whether yeah. it's a business or a person. So that's such a great, you don't need someone's email anymore. Just like yeah. Instagram DM them and like try yeah. to find that line between like enthusiasm, confidence and like sounding Yeah. And I'm going to say bit. Vanessa again. She yeah. reached out to me. Yeah. She found my um, personal email, which mm-hmm. was when I had my blog, Finish mm-hmm. Your Broccoli. Mm-hmm. She sent the most thoughtful like cold email there wasn't even a job posting on the site at this Mm -hmm. point and like it's almost like she had read our minds because we were like looking for someone for this position that's so funny but she was like I just like saw your experience I was like really interested in your like trajectory and I just like wanted to talk to you about like how you got there it wasn't like please like hire me. Like she just was like, I loved her approach. And I like at that point was getting so many kind of cold emails, but I think mm-hmm. the way that she approached it was like really authentic. And That's a really interesting thing because it's mm-hmm. like sort of saying before about like, I can't exactly explain why you were able to pull that off to Katya. It's yeah. the same with cold emails. Like, right. I get tons of cold emails, people being like, Rachel, could you meet me for coffee or da da da. And like sometimes just something about an email makes you say yes. And it's, you can't yeah. put your finger on it. So it's like, totally. don't just do it. The yeah. worst thing is you never hear from the person and the best thing is you might and um Mm -hmm. it's hard to it's sort of like a like a friendship or anything else like some people just like appeal to you and everybody has different tastes and like um and there's nothing wrong with that and so you know if you usually the people you admire you probably have something in common with them so Mm -hmm. it's like probably gonna work out but um Mm -hmm. yeah this was a fun question. That was a fun question. Fun trip down memory lane. Um, <laughs> which is a, a good segue into a question that we... So now we have a question for you guys. Yeah. So someone um, Instagram messaged mm-hmm. Juliet um, about hashtag blocks. And we've yeah. talked about it before, but it's something that Juliet and I feel really strongly about, but the question keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like there's something we don't... You all are worried about something that we can't see. So like right. we actually... We'll read the question, we'll answer it, yeah. and then we really want to hear your thoughts and feedback. So please email us or DM us. So so read the question. So this person said, what do you all think about the blocks of hashtags? I do it on my personal and seem to get good results, but have sort of avoided it on the brand side because it feels cheap and desperate. Am I wrong? And I think that's probably something a lot of like people who are doing social for brands feel. Like there's, you know, there's this sort of like it's sort of like poo-pooing hashtags for whatever reason because it's like cheap or whatever but I think it's something that keeps coming up and we just want to know like why do you think that's lame for brands have you used it for your brand have you seen success with it like what's what's the dealio there and I'm gonna do a rant so yeah um (laughs) I if you think it's desperate or uncool, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. You are doing marketing for a brand. Your job is to grow that Instagram account so you can um, drive sales and traffic. Mm-hmm. So you, what are you worried about? Like you're yeah. on Instagram. Like everybody knows you want more followers. Like mm-hmm. I can't possibly figure out why you think it looks desperate. Mm-hmm. You can do the five dots to push it, you know, yeah, down if you're worried about it, it or like do it in the comments later. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, and I'll say it every episode if I have to, 
You have to tell people what you want them to do. I, in my mind, am thinking of like three Instagram accounts right now where every time I see them, I roll my eyes so hard because they do this like beautiful picture and a witty caption and they don't say how to buy the thing in the photo that I know they're trying to sell because I uh, know these brands. It's like, if you're going to put an outfit or anything else in a photo, you have to say, this is what the person is wearing. Here's where you can buy it from the link in bio or on this website, or here's what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. I want you to follow me. I want you to click through. Like you don't have to be like aggressive about it. And you should also post photos that are just for fun and there's nothing to do, but like, there needs Guys. to be, like, some kind of direction, even if yeah. it's, like, secondary to what, you know, the fun whatever you caption is. You want people like, discovering on Instagram, put the hashtags yeah. there. Like, Stop you know worrying what's about cool? being so cool. Yeah. Like, you know what's cool? Like, having a million Instagram followers. <laughs> so, know. like, as soon as you get there, like, you're going to be cool. So, stop worrying about this. Also, don't... Uh, we want to hear feedback, and I was just a little aggressive, so now I'm worried yeah. no one's going to give feedback because they're <laughs> going to be, like, afraid of me. But I want to hear because I want to understand um, yeah. so that we can keep answering your questions better because... Um, I know a lot, but I definitely don't know yeah. everything. Like <laughs> so hashtag, I'm sure there's something I'm missing. This hashtag question is like controversial, but like clearly it's working for some people because it keeps coming up as like a tactic that yeah, totally. you know people are using. And now that you can follow hashtags, it's more important than ever. I follow like mm-hmm. hashtag wedding videographer or hashtag wedding yeah. video. So like and then I reach out to those people and I'm like, oh my God, your work's beautiful. Like, why haven't you put it on Love Stories TV yet? Yeah. And then they're so happy to get featured on Love Stories TV. So it's totally. like, if they weren't using those hashtags, I never would have discovered them. Yeah. Like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's the rant. <laughs> Give us feedback. Um, oh, the last thing before we end the A side yes. is uh, Birchbox. This podcast is brought to you by Birchbox. Thanks, Birchbox. Thanks, Birchbox. We are going to, um, I mean, we plug Birchbox pretty heavily, like in our um, daily lives, in our <laughs> stories of how we, we got where we are. But yeah. um, we're going to talk about Birchbox in a much more fun way. On the B side, we'll talk yeah. about our favorite products and whatnot. But um, if you go to birchbox.com slash follow and use code follow at checkout, you get 20% off. Orders of 35 or right. more. And that also includes subscriptions. Yeah, it does. Which is pretty rad. Yeah, so you can does. get a three-month subscription for like 24 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So you should do that. Cool. Uh, see you on the flip side, B side? See you on the flip side, B side. Bye. Bye.